everyone to this week's episode of the 25 Live. With me today is Jen Kramer. Uh, Jen has her master's degree in counseling from the University of Akron. She's a licensed professional counselor with the state of Ohio. Uh, she works with a lot of firefighters. Uh, and the reason for that is because she's kind of part of our family, and she'll, she'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Jen is married and uh, has three children. And that may be even more, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. You're doing the, the foster parenting now, which is very cool. We are. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for making some time uh, to talk to me. I know today you just said today you talked already for eight hours teaching classes. And then I drag you into this some more. So I, I apologize. I'll try to kind of go through this rather quickly. But first of all, I guess um, it'd be nice to know how you got involved really in doing uh, everything you do in firefighters. And I, and I should note real quick, too, like when we had our shooting uh, a few months ago in Dayton, one of the very, very first calls I made was to you because I was just like, what the hell do I do? What, you yeah. know, what do I do to take care of all my guys and gals? I have, I have no idea this never happened here. And, and you gave me some awesome, awesome advice. So I appreciate that as well. But anytime. Yeah. How, how did you end up getting involved in, uh, with firefighters? Because we're, we're a different breed. You are a very different breed. Um, I actually met my husband when I was going through grad, grad school, getting my master's degree in counseling. And he is a firefighter paramedic. He's a captain on our local department. And I just saw some of the things that he would describe to me. And I said, how do you go about your day when you see this stuff? And, you know, he would describe something that was absolutely traumatic to me. And then he'd be like, hey, do you want to come up for dinner tonight? And I'm like, how can you even function? Like, how can you think about dinner when you've just gone and done what you did? And I was like, there has to be, you know, counselors or somebody out there to help you guys. And the more research I did, the more I found that there is not help out there for you guys. There are some of us scattered around, but not as much help as there should be. So at that point in time, I kind of geared my career towards working and counseling with first responders. And I lucked into finding, you know, Firefighter Behavioral Health Alliance online so I can just go around and spread the word through them as well. Nice. Perfect. Now, kind of in particular, what what's unique to us as far as behavioral health issues with with firefighters? Well, the main thing that I think that people forget is that you guys are human and you're human before you're anything else. So when you guys struggle with things that most of us struggle with, you know, marriage and family relationship issues, financial issues, mental health issues, you know, depression, PTSD, those kind of things. Um, major illness, obviously cancer in the fire service, you know, alcohol and drug abuse. So we're talking normal human experiences that we go through, but then you guys are asked to go above and beyond the line, you know, that you guys cross every day. And on top of dealing with what you're dealing with at home, we expect you to be on point every time you run a call. And it's asking a lot for us to be human beings and then to take on the extra responsibility that you guys have in doing the work that you do and being exposed to the repeated trauma that you guys see day in and day out. And oftentimes I think that we forget that you guys are human underneath all that because you're so good at what you do. Sure. And I think, I think a lot to do with that is just our mentality as far as we just keep going. Like we just do what we got to do, right or wrong. I mean, we I, 
I guess, right. We know what we're going to be doing, but you know, whether they cut us, you know, there's less of us, there's more work to do. It doesn't matter. We just roll up our sleeves and we just go and we keep going. And that's just kind of how I think we're taught right or wrong. It is. Yeah. And it's, so, it's a lot to do with the culture and the mentality too. I mean, it's sure. deep seated culture of, you know, very strong people and the brotherhood and everything that you guys have in your history. And well, and, but I'll say this too. I do think it's getting better. I mean, I can just really speak for my department more than anything, but for the longest time and still even just a little bit, it was the suck it up buttercup kind of attitude. Yes, sir. And you would not, you would not. And when I was younger, I wouldn't say anything. I just, everything I internalized and finally, and this is just, I'm talking about the last few years, there's been a difference. It's been more open. People have been able to talk about it. You know, whether it's the incident we just had or other incidents, or, I mean, we also had a suicide. Um, and we're also a younger department as well, which I think is helpful. Yes. Uh, these these younger kids are actually more willing to talk. It's the old school guys that are like, they just deal with it. And I hope that that's the shift that the fire service is making. And I hope that more people are becoming more and more aware of these things. But it's still it's still a problem. And unless you're proactive, it's never going to change. Now, well, let me, let me ask you this. What are some of the signs that we may see of our fellow firefighters that that may be struggling with, whether it's, you know, PTSD or suicidal thoughts or depression or anything like that? What what kind of the things that are abnormal that we should be able to pick up on and, and kind of then try to help them or at least not necessarily help them, but show them the way to get the proper help. Things that I would encourage you to watch out for in each other. Um, you know, FBHA's pretty much identified the top five um, suicide warning signs as, you know, isolation. There's a lot of isolation and it's easy to do in the fire service. If somebody is going back and sleeping in their dorm room all the time, or they're constantly isolating themselves. They don't want to, you know, sit at the dinner table with you. Isolation's huge. Um, loss of confidence in their skills and abilities. We have first responders, firefighters who forget how to do their job. They're so stressed out that they forget how to put the truck in pump. You know, if somebody's asking you this, and yeah, we're all going to laugh it off because that's the mentality. Oh my gosh, I forget how to put this truck in pump. It might not have been a joke for that person. They might have actually forgot how to do this. Um, sleep deprivation is a huge issue, you know, and it comes with the territory. You guys are expected to run on minimal sleep and to continue to do what you do. But time after time, that causes huge problems. And we all know that, you know, sleep deprivation mimics drunk driving in studies that they've done. Lack of sleep is the equivalent of walking around drunk and it impacts people. And when this you know, this is part of your job. You're expected to do this. So over time, that sleep deprivation, that person might be angry because they lost sleep. But we need to look out for this person because they might be experiencing a lot of anxiety and stress along with this. Um, suppressed anger is another big sign. And I know that anger is a problem in the fire service in general. You know, we all look at that angry guy on our department. We're like, what is wrong with him? But if it's, you know, more than that, if that angry guy is super angry today, you know, what's going on with him? Or if somebody's usually cheerful, 
And now you're noticing that they just, man, every shift, something else is wrong, whether it's at home, it's at work, whatever. The anger is a huge, huge warning sign as well as impulsivity, you know, going out and buying motorcycles, buying guns, doing things that they usually would not do. These are warning signs to us. You know, it's acting recklessly. It might not be just buying the motorcycle. It's going and driving it at night on back roads. It's taking risks that you usually would not take. So it's acting impulsively. And, you know, those are just the top five that we've identified to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Now, let's say that we are noticing some of these issues with uh, our fellow firefighters. Where can we point them to actually get the help they need? I would encourage you first, before you're trying to get them help, at least outside the department, try to handle it in-house. You guys know each other. You work with each other day in and day out. People are going to be more receptive to talk to their partners and the people that they work with on a daily basis. It's just a matter of actually communicating. You have to put down the technology. You actually have to look at each other every now and then, and you have to learn how to talk to each other. You have to just be direct and ask those questions. It might suck to ask, you know, hey, I know you're getting a divorce. You know, how's everything going? Because that's a really difficult situation to be in. But you have to ask those tough questions before you're referring them to mental health therapists or other resources that are out there. And And I also... No, I was just going to say that kind of, it's uh, whether you have a personal relationship with that individual, that'll be helpful. But also if your department has a peer support team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And most departments are moving towards peer support. And by all means, please use the peer support because people would much rather talk to their peers than to talk to a professional. But there also are a lot of resources out there. If you look on um, our website, ffbha.org, you can scroll down to the resources category and we always list resources there. Um, Our phone numbers are listed on there if you need to get a hold of us personally for help. But I also encourage people to use the share the load um, fire number that it's a hotline just set up for you guys it's 1-888-731-FIRE and they also have a texting line now you can text 741-741 just text the word badge to them um you know departments that have EAPs explore your EAPs and vet these people out before a crisis happens you have to know who is out there and who is available locally to you And there are places, I'll tell you, um, I just started with the Safety Forces Support Center in Akron, Ohio. It's a free counseling agency for first responders, and they have trained professionals who know what we're talking about to work with you guys. So find the people out there for big crisis or small crisis. That's perfect. And I can tell you now from experience, really, um, you'd like to, it'd be be better for you to put all this stuff together now and not have to worry after an incident and and start scrambling and try to put everything together. If you're able to be proactive and have everything listed out, it'll be helpful. I know what I did for my members were um, I just made a, a basically an overview of all the different options that were available uh, for them to reach out to, whether it was our peer support team or EAP, our, our chaplain, uh, the local hospital, um, the uh, like you said, the text line, uh, 
there's all sorts of different things. I, I just put it out there and, and the, the, you know, the main goal was just options, mm-hmm. whatever works for you, whatever you feel comfortable with, go with that, you know, seek help that way. And, and another big thing, and I know my department has sent a few people to this is, you know, we now have uh, for the career members, we have the IFF center of excellence located in uh, Maryland, which uh, I know they've had great success as well. Yes. And you have to vet these resources, like you said, out ahead of time, because oftentimes people get into that crisis situation and then they're scrambling for resources. And it's much harder to scramble and try to find people once the crisis happens than to call these people and call these places and find out this information ahead of time. Because I can guarantee you, you're going to need it at some point. Yes. And and I'll say this, too. If you do have an incident. And again, I'm just now sharing my personal experiences because I, I already cared about this stuff. I mean, it was always already near and near, near and dear to me. But you have an incident that affects your members, like a big incident, and it, it's, it changes everything. So yes. the biggest thing that I did is I got out my phone and I made calls. Mm-hmm. I made cold calls to people um, and I was looking for help with um uh, departments that have had similar incidents, but it's been a few years. So I wanted to know um, what they did, what worked, what didn't work. Just advice, just what you know, what kind of things did did you guys do um, afterwards? And you know, so I reached out. I talked to Orlando. I talked to uh, Clark County, you know, Vegas, and also San Bernardino, which all had somewhat similar incidents to what we went through. And uh, it was enlightening learning from. Uh, what they did because uh, it's the same thing you know when they had issues uh, they called people and they they mm-hmm. seeked help and it's it doesn't matter where you're at um, you know it's not a big deal for you to call somebody um, like in Vegas and talk to them about the incident and it, it was actually when I made that phone call it was weird it was one of those it, this doesn't this doesn't seem to happen this day of age anymore where uh, you, you call somebody and the number's not in your phone and, and you actually answer it. I mean, most mm-hmm. of the times we know <laughs> this is a robocall or this is, this is BS. Yep. They, they want my, uh, they want to extend my auto warranty. Yes. Uh, and I called the, the, the Clark County union president and uh, he answered. And not only did he answer, but he said, I've, I've been waiting for your call. Wow. <sighs> and that was, uh, I was taken back and he said, Hey, guess what? And give it a few years. Uh, they'll be calling you uh, because yeah. you went through this. So uh, your phone is your friend and getting all that information and just putting it out there, putting together a plan for how your department functions from here on out, the, the short term, the long term. Um, the other thing I could tell you is having the IFF come in with, with their peer support team. It was amazing for us. Uh, they were so helpful and uh really helped us get through that very short, uh, immediate, uh, immediately after the incident. So don't be afraid to call them as well if, if you are um, an IFF department. All right. Well, again, I, w- I know you are uh, you don't have much of a voice and you got to use it again tomorrow <laughs> for another eight hours, which is crazy. Oh, yes. um, I wanted to real quick, I wanted to kind of plug our conference because you were at our health and wellness conference last year. Yes. You did our presentation and it was uh, so good. We actually invited you back this year. Um, yes. Yeah. So, um, and it's hard. It's kind of crazy because it, it, 
to do the talk you do is, I mean, it's a Debbie Downer of a subject. <laughs> uh, to say the but, least. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, it's needed. And the the comments we got, I mean, were just amazing. You you do a great job of being our advocate and looking out for us and really being family. But so we, we're dragging you back this year. Uh, again, it's going to be uh, it's in Beaver Creek, Ohio this time. It's uh, October 24th and 25th. Uh, events, uh, the tickets are available on the event page of Brothers Helping Brothers website. And uh, you're going to be there on Friday. Uh, you're going to partake, and we're going to do a roundtable discussion about uh, about this overall firefighter wellness. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to be part of that. And we got David Griffin from uh, Charleston Fire will be part of that, as well as uh, Todd LaDuke, from, uh, retired recently from Broward County. He's, he's going to talk about firefighter physicals and and wellness that way and just there's a handful of other people but i'm so glad that you're going to come back and spend quality time with us i'm excited i honestly wish i could attend both days if i had the time because i learned a wealth of information just being there and attending the conference last year as well and david griffin is one of my favorite people to see speak so don't have you don't ever shared him. a stage with him i i have not Honestly, right. every event that we have been at, I have always been in the audience and watching him present. And I don't miss him anywhere he comes near me. So I I look forward to this. That's nice. Well, I mean, this will be it. Friday the 25th, you're going to be live on stage with him Woo-hoo. and uh, <laughs> participating. <laughs> All right. And so, you know, the whole idea is I'm, I'm going to have some questions prepared for you guys, but we're also going to let the audience ask for some questions as well. But I want to get you out of here with just uh, my 25 random questions. Oh, Lord. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I, this, this doesn't have to be painful. I think this okay. is fun. All right. Okay. So, but but what I do is I, I make you choose your own fate. So, oh, gosh. <laughs> I've got these questions. They're all different. Mark 1 through 25. What number would you like to be asked? We're going to go with number 7. Okay. I think I did this actually last week. Um, and <laughs> all right, I'll just ask it. You ready? I'm ready. You're scared. I could tell. No I'm reason to be scared. <laughs> all right. Spider-Man versus Batman. Who do you got? Well, as my son would tell you, um, Spider-Man sucks. So we have to go with Batman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why does Spider-Man suck? I don't know. He's watched too many movies and he's six. I told him to watch his mouth. He says it's from the Lego movie. Uh, yeah, I don't like I got to disagree with that. I think my six year old would disagree <sighs> with that, too. That's all right. OK, OK, that's that's good. I'm not <laughs> I, I I said last week, I said when they asked that question, I said uh, Nick and I could probably have a whole podcast episode where we debate that. So because <laughs> him and I are, are nerds, by the way. But I love it. anyway. How about you pick another one? Because that was easy. Okay. Oh, gosh. We'll go with number 11. Okay. This is good. See, this is not bad. Favorite vacation destination? Mexico. Hands okay. down. <laughs> uh, Tijuana? No, 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 no. Riviera Maya. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. <laughs> I don't want to get shot. <laughs> hey, I made it in and out alive. Okay, I've you've lived to tell the tale. <laughs> yeah, I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> All 
This is I'm trying not to make this an explicit uh, podcast, even though I think I said shit earlier or something like that. Uh-oh. At least all it right. wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Whatever. How about one more? One more. Okay. Let's see here. We'll go with number 19. Number 19. My favorite sports team. <laughs> favorite sports team? Yeah. The Browns. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, better than the, my Bengals right now. So you got Ugh. that going for you. Woohoo! Browns all the way. At least we probably both can agree that we hate Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah, we got that going for us. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll let you out of here on that. Um, I look f- so forward to you coming and uh, being in my hometown here in just a few weeks. Again, brother, uh, tickets are going to be on the Brothers Helping Brothers website. There's still some seats available. Um, not a whole lot, but a few at least. So uh, with that. Thank you again, my friend, Jen Kramer, Firefighter Behavioral Health Alliance. You truly are the best. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. See you. All right. Bye.